0: That was Coldplay with their hymn for the weekend. You're listening to Tune FM here on 106.9. Kim and I are back once more. We are joined by Sophia Waters, a lecturer in a lecturer in writing at UNE. Teaching areas include academic and creative writing, and she has a background in linguistics, French, and writing. Her research also focuses on discourse studies, semantics, and pragmatics using the natural sci- semantic meta language approach. Uh, Dr. Waters, thank you so much for coming in.
1: Thank you very much, Ben. Thanks, Kim.
0: So given that you teach um, RIT 101, the craft of academic writing, it is a very um, introductory unit and obviously a a lot of first years will be taking this trimester (laughs) um, given the essential nature of this particular unit. So for students who are obviously lectures do commence next week, so for any student that maybe wants to know a little bit more before they go in, what exactly does this unit teach? What does your area teach here at UNE?
1: Okay so Route 101 it is called The Craft of Academic Writing. It's one of the foundation units so if you are enrolled in a Bachelor of Arts at some point our paths will cross. If you're enrolled in a Bachelor of Computer Science, Psychological Science, um, a whole n- media comms, a whole number of degrees I will see you at some point. So RIT 101 The clue is in the name, the craft of academic writing. So what I teach students is I'm giving them communicative competence in formal academic English, which will then give them access to the academic conversation. So that's a big fancy way of saying I teach students how to write essays and how to be able to talk in the academic arena.
0: Awesome. So it's obviously, yeah, and given that, you know, so many students will be doing units across their degree that requires essay writing or report writing or anything, it would yep. be something that would be very, very uh, handy to learn.
1: Exactly. Exactly. We all need to know what to do with the semicolon.
0: There's certainly a lot of people that do not.
1: Yeah. Yes, <laughs> that's right. And if you take my units, then um, we'll you will... Learn. Yes, you will learn. You will learn. In week four, you'll get your semicolon license. So don't overuse it or underuse it as the case. No, it's not a sentence accessory just to be dumped in there (laughs) wherever you think it looks pretty. There are rules. There are conventions. And come to me and I will teach you.
0: I was going to say, I know a lot of people that could probably benefit from that (laughs) particular class. So given that um, obviously this is more or less one of the most essential units there is because of uh, learning academic writing is something everybody will use in their further units, Mm -hmm. I guess the crucial question that we could ask is what is one thing that students could do in this unit to get a better grade in your unit?
1: Right. The first thing that students can do is to prepare themselves well for class. So it's as simple as reading the textbook chapters that have been set out in the study guide. So for next week, you need to have read chapter one and chapter 14 on paragraph structure, read them before you get to class. The reason for this is twofold because you get to uh, identify any tricky bits in the unit content ahead of time so you can prepare questions for your lecturer plus It means that your, all this unfamiliar information is not going to be so unfamiliar to you once you step into the classroom. It's a bit like getting ready for the gym, playing an instrument, you need to warm up. So reading is part of your warm up.
0: Spectacular! Yeah. It's certainly something that, again, um, most students would be uh, would do well to follow. Given that, obviously, yes, uh, that's uh, right. And obviously, <laughs> yeah, we understand. Obviously, first years, you were experiencing university for the very first time. Things mm-hmm. will be things will be very overwhelming, and that's natural to feel that way. But it's simple little tips and techniques that you can use that will make your classes a lot easier and therefore a lot less. Uh, Overwhelming to you, which is something exactly, (laughs) or something we'd like to encourage as much as we can.
1: (laughs) Exactly. So I mean, come along to class because um, it, particularly if you are this. So it's a first year level unit. If you have just transitioned from school or from some uh, from other work, if you've just transitioned here to UNE you're going to be going through a big period of change. So having some structure and purpose to your day, which is given to you by attending lectures, having that um, dedicated time to show up and be somewhere, it gives you purpose and structure for your day, which is really good in helping you deal with things like homesickness and feeling isolated. So come along, hang out with a crowd, ask a few questions because lecturers were really good at stuff. Reading minds is
2: not one of those things. That's very true. So (laughs) ask questions, tell us how you're getting on with the work. Awesome. So what's something that you would say is the best thing about your job? Oh, okay, that's a really easy one. (laughs) Oh, that's good. Easy, easy.
1: My colleagues, without a doubt. So the team that I work with in the discipline of writing, we're a close team, um, they're well, my colleagues are highly intelligent, they're really interesting people, and the team of people that I work with in the Arts Building, again, I love my colleagues, saying hello to them in the morning, it's great. The other thing that I love about my job is meeting new students. So this morning I was delighted to deliver the welcome address to students in the School of Haas and you know seeing all these bright faces coming in slightly overwhelmed but (laughs) equally excited about this new adventure that is university study. It's always great. We get students from around the world, diversity of age ranges, backgrounds. All sorts of things. That's one of the most delightful parts of my job, meeting new people. Fascinating.
0: Mm -hmm. I guess not to be too negative, but on the flip (laughs) side, what do you think the worst thing about your job is?
1: Now, that is a hard one, and so I have thought long and hard about it, and I think it's got to be said, parking in week one of teaching. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I can't. I that can't. Even I can't. It's a struggle. I can't. It's
1: really tough. You end up parking halfway to Guyra or way down the paddock. <laughs> so. Yeah, even
0: I can't spin the parking situation here at UNE. It's, um, yeah, it's gen- generally... Know, yeah.
1: you'd think as a lecturer they'd reserve you a spot or something, but No. No. And students, if you live in college, please walk. Let yeah. me have a space. I was going to say,
0: um, college students, walk to lecturers and everyone who might be coming in from town. Just a heads up, um, remember to set out to arrive at your parking spot around three to five business days before your lecture. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just to guarantee
2: yourself a spot. Um, just yeah. to leave it there for the year. <laughs> Pretty much. Exactly.
1: And then for all the students in the lectures, make sure you leave, the. Um, I think, the final three back rows free for the students who are coming in late mm. they're looking bedraggled <laughs> stressed out
0: and very embarrassed
1: very embarrassed they need somewhere to hide Leave them the back row <laughs> do Be them kind that courtesy to your fellow student isn't that courtesy? Mm-hmm.
0: You don't want them. well first of all it's distracting to have them walk all yeah. the way down to the very front. Mm-hmm. And also it you'll you'll be in that situation too and to be able to just slink into the back seat yeah. of shame is exactly. very welcome. Exactly. And mm-hmm. no and we got and obviously a big tip in parking, if you do intend to park on campus, remember to buy your parking permit because um, safety and security are will be there to yeah, hand, out, out hand out those parking mm-hmm. tickets and they are Not cheap for university students, or lecturers for that matter. No, no,
1: they are not. They are not. It is a good
0: heavy hit to the hip pocket, that is for sure.
1: Yeah, and think of all the things you can buy with that money as well, like shoes. Mm, (laughs) Exactly, textbooks. Mm -hmm. Yeah, textbooks. Textbooks
0: (laughs) Or just food as a uni student, that too. So um, given that you obviously have a PhD for students that might have a bit more interest in learning about the person behind the academic gown, Mm -hmm. what was your PhD in and what exactly drew you to that area of research?
1: Okay, so my – this morning I used myself as as an example because I pitched to the students, do you you lie awake at night wondering where all your university study is going to lead or do you have a friend who lies awake at night wondering where all their university study will lead?
2: (laughs) Yes, hands up in the room. Okay,
1: so my um, path to becoming a lecturer in writing was somewhat – piggledy I started off here at UNE as a student of Italian mm. in a Bachelor of Languages and as part of my Bachelor of Languages I needed to choose another language so I picked French. I did a year overseas, loved it, fantastic. So if you're going to do a B-lang, do that because you get to go overseas.
0: I can attest to how wonderful overseas travel is. Yeah,
1: it's yeah. excellent and then I was interested not just in language in terms of how the words fit together, but the cultural competence that, you ha- that native speakers have behind the words that helps you put all that makes you a culturally competent speaker. So essentially, you know how the words fit together and all the other cultural stuff that makes you understand who to say what. What? No, hang on. Let me start that again. <laughs> what to say to whom when and about what and why those sorts of things so I studied linguistics which is an excellent subject you get to do the scientific study of languages I specialize in semantics so the meanings of words and I look at um, cross-cultural communication so That's a very long way of saying that I did my honours in French and linguistics, my PhD in linguistics and the topic was on the meanings of the words nice, rude, polite, impolite and manners in Australian English and compared them to their nearest equivalents in French. Oh, goodness me, that sounds fascinating. <laughs> oh, thanks, Ben. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm
0: assuming there would be a lot of uh, differences knowing yes. what the Australian culture towards yeah. language can be.
1: Indeed, indeed. So, for example, the word nice, you might think, oh, yeah, it's super easy to use. You can use it wherever you want. Anytime you want to say that something's mildly good, you say, yeah, nice. Mm. Nice, this is a nice pen, this is a nice interview room. I'm here with some really nice people. So if I were to translate those sentences into French, I have at least seven options to choose from.
0: Mm. Yeah. And they yeah.
1: all have their little nuances that you have as a French speaker, competent French speaker, you need to know which one of those seven will slot in to your English yeah. sentence. It
0: certainly seems like a, uh, a bit yeah. daunting for uh, obviously someone oh, yeah. who's first starting out.
1: Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. So there's that. Then um, looking at the word rude, because like stereotypically, who do you think of when you think of um, rudeness? Trump. Well, yeah. Okay, <laughs> let's leave the orange-haired man out of this. But, yeah. Sorry,
0: I thought, I thought that was a qu- I thought that was a legitimate <laughs> question. I didn't realise that. Was like
1: rhetorical. in in a, in a stereotypical culture, what who do you think of as being rude?
2: I don't
1: know. The French?
2: Oh, oh okay. goodness, I completely I did, I did, misunderstood like, that question. That. The My rude bad.
1: Frenchman, he, that's the stereotype, okay. you know, click, click, garçon, garçon, come and give okay. me the bill, that yeah, sort gotcha. of thing. Okay. okay, all right. So, now, do you know the um, Mr. Men?
0: Yes, yeah, the yep. Mr. Men series, the book Mr. series. Mr. Mm-hmm. Men
1: series, okay, we all love the Mr. Men series. Now, in English, you've got this little character called Mr. Rude. Yes, I remember yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. Okay, he does all sorts of n- bad things. In French, there's a guy called Monsieur mal Mr. Badly Brought Up. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. So the French don't actually have a word for rude Goodness, in their language. I see. They've
2: got something that is... It's like closely really like, translated, yeah, but not... Yeah, it's right. a near equivalent,
1: yeah. but not perfect, not 100% perfect, and... You can imagine that it's a massive, like calling someone in English rude, or, you know, I had such a rude person on the um, counter. This, there was such a rude person on the counter this morning. Um, I received such a rude email. We know what that's about, but in French, if you want to say that someone is sort of rude, you have to say that they are mal élevé, And that means that you're taking, making a slight, not just against them as a person, but also their upbringing. Wow! So it, oh, it's nasty.
2: I can't even nasty. imagine going the other way though. For them trying mm. to find these words, it's like of course, there's not like of. that word. Mm-hmm.
0: And Mister Mister Rude certainly <laughs> flows off the tongue a lot better than oh, the yeah. French alternative. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> for Mr. sure.
2: A bit. Um, and the
1: other thing that's really interesting that solidifies this um, stereotype of the rude French that we Anglos have and we perpetuate is, guess what accent Mister Rude has in the Mr Men uh, TV series. He's going to say French? French. Yeah, say? he's got a French <laughs> accent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. I am Mr Rood, Who are you?
2: Yeah, radio. I can see. It. Yeah, it's, it doesn't have to do much for <laughs> dissuading stereotypical no, opinions, does it? No,
1: it doesn't. It doesn't. So they were the sorts of things that I looked into for my PhD studies. So you can imagine the fun that I had with that.
2: It no, certainly it actually w- sounds pretty interesting. It does. Mm. It
0: sounds like a, it. It like quite a fascinating rabbit hole to dive down because. Oh, yeah. it, it's something like you. Okay, on the surface it seems fairly straightforward, and then the more you learn, the more you uncover. Yeah. It's oh, okay. This is actually a lot yeah. more you know, involved and a lot more, I guess, appropriate to exactly. engage with than, than one mm-hmm. might think.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's,
0: yeah, I, it's, <laughs> a, it's something that it's something that I think uh, a lot of people could potentially benefit from. It's Just hearing mm. about it, it sounds mm-hmm. like something I'd be interested in. So it, it's certainly a, an area that I think potentially students who are first year of languages could, or you know any sort of or doing
2: mm-hmm. it as an elective maybe yeah
0: exactly mm-hmm. that it's something that they could potentially you know think okay this is an area that i'd like to like <laughs> yeah. look into down the line so it's uh, it's mm. it's really mm-hmm. quite an interesting area of study so i uh, moving on a little bit too again given that you are a uh academic and a university lecturer. If we just rewind back to when you were a student at university, when Mm -hmm. you were starting out for the very Mm -hmm. first time, what is something that, upon reflection, you realised you weren't entirely very good at as a first-year student?
1: Oh, okay. As a first-year student, um, I think I spent the first couple of weeks being quite overwhelmed, very excited and very overwhelmed. When I started university, I was studying part-time because I also had a part-time job downtown and so I was bringing in some money I was studying but I think the real thing that I can see now looking back that was missing was time to go to the gym go and do something physical to take your mind off the hard yards of studying of course Mm -hmm. entirely understandable Mm -hmm.
0: and I think a lot of people would uh, especially first years, because I know I remember back to when I was a first year student, it was very much an attitude of, okay, study, 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 and then not having any yeah. time for anything else. And you burn mm-hmm. out. You burn yourself out very quickly. And that's exactly. certainly something we would like to prevent yes. That's yes, right. for our freshers that's here at right. UNE. And,
1: mm-hmm. and it's really easy when you're in college and the afternoons are starting to get darker and darker as we move through trimester one, it's very easy to... Just stay in your room where it's nice and cozy, and just keep flicking through Netflix or keep yeah. fl- flicking through your textbook. <laughs> um, <laughs> One you help. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's really easy to get into that, and yeah. so it's, I think it's important to have a group of friends around you who will m- drag you to a gym class down there at Sport UNA. Yeah,
2: like all—not like just like the study and the working, but also like the social aspects. Yes, and just exactly. Making sure like exactly. have a balance mm-hmm.
1: between it all, and I mean that's another reason why I will say to my students come along to lectures because there is a social aspect to being part of a lecture even if you don't say anything we do encourage you to say something in the lectures we want to know how our materials are landing are you um do they resonate with you are you understanding what we're putting forward to you it's important that you come along to lectures because you get to meet new people and you get to ask questions
2: don't be afraid to ask questions that has been like the theme yeah. today mm-hmm. it's just like it's they're just people too, so ask those questions that you yeah. do have. We're very human, and
1: all <laughs> academics. We love our research topic. I mean, I could have spoken about mine for ages. So come up and have a chat.
0: I certainly would have complained.
1: <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>
0: um, I guess now just uh, a similar question, but, I, but a little word a little bit differently. What do you wish is one thing that you what do you what is one thing you wish you knew when you first started out as a university student?
1: Oh, okay, yeah, um, I. Th- I think probably um, time management, that's something that by the end of my university career, I really had it down. Let's just say between you and me, I was quite swatty. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was one of those very high-achieving, work-hard students, um, so, uh, but it took me a while to get there. University study really resonated with me so I think this is what I would like students to take away is that you can leave all of your high school stuff behind. UNE is a place where you can succeed, we want you to succeed. So you can leave whatever happened in high school behind, start afresh. And in terms of time management it's really important to get in there and hit the ground running because for I was really surprised when I started doing languages here that I learnt everything that I had learnt in the six years at high school. I learnt in one year here at university, so it's intensive. Yeah. So, okay. yeah, it's the intensivity of learning that I think students really need to um, come to grips with in those first few few days of uni, and also that you need to be a lot more independent. Yes, yeah, it's
2: not more like holding your hands and kind yeah, of helping like, you through I
1: mean, dreams. we'll remind you about assignments and things like that. But university, it is, it's the next stage of life as you go down the path of yeah. life. <laughs> um, it's the next stage. You need to become independent, self reliant. I
2: mean, and, ask yeah. for help when you need it, but not exactly. like, being kind of just standing there watching over you, being yeah. like, oh, I think you need yeah. to do this. Mm-hmm.
0: I do know there's a few students, or potentially future students I know, that I know back from where I come from that had a rather unpleasant time of high school and they are reluctant to come to university because I think it's just Mm -hmm. going to be more of the same. And I'm sure you'll agree, I can attest that it is 100% Mm -hmm. not. There is a massive difference between high school and university. Mm -hmm. And certainly I would would say university is a lot more enjoyable, a lot more rewarding, and a lot more engaging than high school.
1: Exactly, exactly. I mean just the diversity of people that you get to mix with here is it's always astounding um and finding getting to hang out with people who are interested in the same things that you are plus meeting other people that you would never normally meet Mm. and having very different interests so make the most of opportunities where you get to come out to social events up here at the stro be sensible of course yes but um Yeah, make the most of the social events that you get to attend. If your college is running social events, if there are townies events, come along to those as well.
0: I would just segue off the back of that piece of advice and remind everyone that there is a comedy night tonight at the Stroll. <laughs> the <that laughs> doors open at 6 o'clock, and like Dr. W- Doctor Water said, it's a very good opportunity to uh, engage with potentially fellow, fellow classmates in everyone. a very yeah. social setting, yeah. like you said, Kim. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, it can be a lot of – it can be very beneficial to sort of meet someone that you've seen in class or that you've seen in a tutorial or a lecture and, mm-hmm. I guess, talk to them in a less – uh, academic related area yes. th-
1: yeah yeah because you can't really chat in tutes
0: no <laughs> <So> please don't, <laughs> they don't, they don't please like that. don't
1: <laughs> no we don't like that that's not <laughs> ideal it's not the ideal learning environment
0: no so if you're in a tute don't do that that's my piece of it that's my piece of advice
2: <laughs> yes that's all right mm-hmm. so i have a question mm-hmm. what would be your dream research location oh okay so kim i have Two dream research
1: locations and they are related. Ooh. I will okay. explain to you how they are related. So with my PhD, I told you that I did, um, I specialise in Australian English. So it's not just the words, but the reasons we say things, the um, the inner workings of an Australian's mind, the cultural values, what we think passes as uh, good ways of behaving in particular s- situations, what are good ways of interacting. So based on that, my um, top research location would be uh, my parents' shearing shed.
2: Okay. Interesting. That's so certainly <laughs> during <the most> shearing,
1: <laughs> I bet no one said that yet. No,
0: that's no. certainly a n- unique one. <laughs>
1: yeah. Okay. All right. So during shearing time, um, my dad will engage a lot of shearers to come along and take the wool off the sheep and you hear a lot of interesting chat Mm. now I'm not necessarily interested in the content of the chat but as a linguist I'm interested in how things are said why they're said and why people pick those particular words that they do so shearing shed you can think it's it's pretty rough it's pretty rough so and it's quick it's fast it's hot Lots of people moving around. Yes, there's a fair bit of swearing. There's lots of (laughs) colloquialisms. There's lots of neologisms. So new words. So as a linguist, if I'm there helping out on the table, whatnot. My top tip for looking profoundly competent in a shearing shed is when the fleece is on the table. So the sheep has been shorn. My dad has chucked it up on the table. I can't do that. I don't have the licence for that. (laughs) (laughs) You shake the wool like you're um, flapping out shaking out a sheet and that's to knock off all the teeny tiny bits of short wool and it will make anyone even the least competent person in the shed look profoundly competent it'll make you look exactly like you know what you're doing cool (laughs) Mm -hmm. there you go so top tip so the shearing shed you hear a lot of swear phrases in there which Any interesting ones? None, that I, <laughs> <laughs> None yes. that I can repeat here. None that I can obviously. No. But it's Australian English is productive. So the reason why I like to be involved in cheering is that I get to hear all of this. Yeah. Which I would never you would never usually mm. hear that around um, in academia. And my mum's cooking's pretty good too. Okay, that's <laughs> So <laughs> that's ideal research location number one. Yeah. The second one is hardware stores on Saturdays. Interesting. Now, the reason why I say that, I know you're looking confused. (laughs) Why would you want to go there? Is it just the sausage sandwiches? (laughs) 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 Well, yeah. But when you go to a hardware store on weekends, you get to see a lot of frazzled people trying to explain new, difficult, challenging concepts to experts in particular fields. And it's interesting to see these playing out. Now, I'm not saying I'm standing there eavesdropping. (laughs) (laughs) no I'm not like don't go looking for me in the hardware store hiding behind the buckets I won't be there (laughs) (laughs) I won't be there but I've been in these situations myself where you're trying to explain to someone the you know the bit that goes around the window that holds the um makes it look pretty like the picture frame the window frame so whatever you're
2: looking for it's not straightforward but
1: it's Exactly. So I'm profound. I'm really interested in how people use language to um, interpret their world and explain their world to other people. So that's, you know, the sausage sandwiches aside, (laughs) (laughs) that's a hard sentence to say.
0: Yes, I should imagine.
1: That's why I'd like to be hardware store and shearing shed. Okay, Interesting. that's certainly the most insightful
0: <laughs> answer. We've gotten to that question uh, over the oh, course see, of this oh, week. Well, so thank I've thought you. about
1: this a lot, <laughs> Australian English.
0: <laughs> fair enough too. So given that um, you have a fair amount of obviously intricate knowledge and experience in this particular field, do you have any sort of social media presence from an academic or professional perspective where people could follow you and potentially learn more about it?
1: Um, so in order to follow find me i am on my moodle site basically so and you can find my um profile in the writing discipline page so you can see the articles that i've written um what i'm interested in you can see old radio interviews that i've done with lingua franca and triple j well she used to be with triple j when i was a high school student miff warhurst um, so that's where you can find me.
0: Super. Mm-hmm. A little thing to keep in mind for our potential exactly. future RIT 101 students mm-hmm. or anyone with an interest in language. Yep. Um, just to finish up, because we've had a wonderful time um, conversing, we're just going to finish with some lightning round super quick questions just okay. again for more people mm-hmm. to <laughs> learn about the uh, person behind the status of unit coordinator. So I'll kick it off by saying, what is your favourite song?
1: Oh, favourite song. Okay, this one harks back to my undergrad days. It is a classic song from 2002 called The Bold and the Beautiful. Ooh. So it's an enduring classic. The chorus is each afternoon there's nothing as suitable as T and Bicky's with The Bold and the Beautiful. Mm. <laughs> good life advice.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think that's a good one. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, what's your favourite time of the day? Favourite time of the day is Monday afternoons at five where I get to be backup dancer at body combat. Ooh. Interesting. I teach at sport UNE. <laughs> <laughs> and then Friday's five thirty, when I teach my body combat class, also known as Friday Fight Club. <laughs> Come along, show me what you're made of.
0: <laughs> not much in my very case. That
1: was um, for you, in here, at five. <laughs> <three>. <laughs>
0: Absolutely, head on to the Fight Club. So um,
1: it's not as dangerous as it sounds. It sounds. It's really fun. Okay, good. We
0: should probably <laughs> specify that right off the bat. What do you nerd out on? Words. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess that is very uh, yeah, appropriate given, Rubbery, yeah. given the lexames, case of the. Exactly. Uh, okay, that's fair enough.
2: Mm-hmm. Hmm. What are you listening to at the moment? Like, not particularly music, but if you have any like audiobooks or podcasts, podcasts. what am
1: I yes. not listening to? Podcasts, <laughs> okay. love the podcasts. So, I've just finished Dolly Parton's America, highly recommend it. Okay. And also, every week I hang out for Joe Elvin and James Williams. Is it just me? the podcast where they talk about the funniest weirdest dilemmas of modern life everything from anxiety dreams to how often do you wash your tea towels do you wear your socks outside <laughs> are you afraid of bananas there are people who don't like bananas
0: is it just me that's something i'm gonna to have to have a listen to because yeah, that's great that actually that's probably the one podcast i've been told of so far that actually really piques my interest oh good yeah and well,
1: Joe Elvin is Australian. Awesome. Mm-hmm. A- added go. bonus. So, just mm-hmm. to finish
0: off, if you had the chance to go to Mars, would you go?
1: No, I prefer Mars as a chocolate bar. <laughs> okay, that is the best answer <laughs> I've heard so question. far. Yeah,
0: absolutely. So, um, Dr. Waters, thank you so much for coming in. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Thank and you, Ben. Learn, Thanks, Kim. Learning more about, obviously, the art of academic writing and what students can expect in your particular class. So, Kim and I will be back very shortly with another wonderful interview. We will play off at the moment with Manic Monday by the Bangles. You're listening to Tune FM on 106.9, the home of student-powered radio.